thought it's interesting earlier when I asked people to hold up their Bibles, a lot of cell phones went up. Looked like we were at a rock concert. It's okay. Uh, I use my, my phone a lot of times for the Bible uh, because I have a great app on here, Bible Gateway. That's one I use the most. And it's free. I like free. Anybody that doesn't like free, I don't know about you, but I like free. You like free? So uh, Bible Gateway, I use Blue Letter Bible a lot because it helps me with Greek and Hebrew. So it looks like I've been to college and seminary for years and years and years. You know, and I'm going to pronounce a name for you today that's going to prove that. Longest, longest word in the Bible. And you, don't Google it either, okay? Because there's the longest word in the Bible. Uh, but the Bible is, it, it, this is the living word of God. This is the word of God. This is Jesus. You know how I know that? Because the Word of God tells me this is Jesus. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? With God, and the Word what? Was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the Word, verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh, and did what? Dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So this is Jesus. Remember I said that one time, this is Jesus, and He's, he's brown? <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, this is the living Word of God. And if, it's, it's our bread. It's our daily bread, just like we just sang. And how many of you go from day to day and you don't eat? Most everybody in here, unless you're fasting, every day you eat. Most of you eat at least two times a day, some three times a day. But listen, he said, if you're going to eat, this is the bread of life. This is the water. That, this is the, the living water. This is what we need to really survive in this world. We think we've got to have, we've got to have breakfast and lunch and dinner. But you need to have breakfast and lunch and dinner with Jesus Christ. He's called us to dine with him in the word. So this morning, we're going to look at the Word. You see, we're a Word and Power church. When we used to be just a Word church, we didn't really talk much about the power. We didn't, we didn't want to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we sure didn't call Him the Holy Ghost. And then when, I, when the Holy Spirit came upon us back in, in, in 1999 or 2000, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I understood that there was more to the Word than just the Word because the Word introduced me to the power. You see, without the Word, we wouldn't be here today. You can say, well, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you didn't, if we didn't have the Word, we wouldn't even know to be filled with the Holy Spirit, would we? If, let's just think about our world. If the Word had never come forth, what would the world be like today? Well, matter of fact, the world probably wouldn't be here today. We'd have already killed each other off. Correct? So today, I want you to get an understanding and grasp the, the importance of getting the Word of God in you and living and breathing by the Word of God. It is our breath. So 1 John 5, listen, when we talk about it, Jesus is the Word. 1 John 5, 7 really makes it even clearer in the Trinity. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word. See, that you said it right there when you said Son. Because the Son and the Word are the same. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Say, these three are one. So the Word is important. Listen, if you don't have one of these, we will give you one. You need the Word of God. And you don't need it to be a decoration. You don't need to see how many you can amass in your library of how many different translations you can have. That's great, but if you're not reading it, if you're not absorbing it, it's just another book. But this is no more than another book. It's the greatest book ever. Amen? Now I want to share some interesting facts with you about the Bible. I loved doing this research because I found out some things I did not know. 
Y'all should go, well, you, there are things you don't know. Wow. I thought you knew everything. No, you didn't. Okay. You ready? Over 100 million copies of the Bible are sold each year. 100 million. That's a pretty good bestseller. Would you say? The full Bible has been tra translated into 532 languages. It has been partially translated into 2,883 languages. No other book's been translated like that one. The Bible's not a single work of, of one author, but of a variety of authors, like 40 of them. And they come from a variety of backgrounds. There were shepherds, kings, farmers, priests, poets, scribes, and fishermen. They wrote the Bible. But also, listen, besides that, there were traitors, embezzlers, adulterers, murderers, and tax collectors. They wrote the Bible. But you see, they were all inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Every word is God-breathed. Amen? In 1631, this is the one that got me the most. How many of you re realize that one three-letter word can change the course of, of everything? One three-letter word. In 1631, there were some guys that edited, they put together a Bible, and they, and they, they, they published the Bible. And I forgot their names, but I, I studied them a little bit. And, and they, they, there was a typo in this one Bible in 1631. It's now known as the Sinner's Bible or the Wicked Bible. Because in the Eighth Commandment, in eighth commandment they left out one little three-letter word, not. Thou shalt commit adultery. It's real popular with a lot of guys. That's why it's called the Sinner's Bible. And they gathered up all of them that they could and burned them, but they didn't get them all. There's still like 10 copies left in the world, and they're worth like $100,000. Can you imagine that? Oh, we made a little boo-boo in the Bible. Hmm. The King James Bible contains 788,258 words, 31,102 verses, 1,189 chapters, and 66 books. A lot of people think Psalm 118 is the center of the Bible, but not so. Psalm 117 is the 595th chapter. There are 594 before it and 594 after it. So, so Psalm 117 is the middle chapter of the Bible. The King James has an even number of verses, 31,102. So the middle verse, listen, not the middle chapter, the middle verse is this one. It's one of my, my, my wife's favorite ver, uh, uh, verses. Psalm 103, 1 through 2. How many of you know that, ver that verse of those verses? Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? All that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not what? All his benefits. She's going to share something about that in a minute. I, now, I know you're going to know this. I know we had some Bible scholars. John 11:35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. And anybody know what the shortest verse in the Bible says? Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the Bible. Interesting, right? Longest chapter in the Bible is what? What chapter is the longest in the, in the Bible? Psalm 119 has 176 verses. Out of the 176 verses, 171 of them speak about the book of, of, of the law or the commandments. talks about the Bible. The shortest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 117. Two verses. So you can read that whole chapter in about a minute. The longest verse in the Bible is Esther 8, verse 9, 90 words. The longest word in the Bible, here it goes. Here's the longest word in the Bible. It's in Isaiah 8, 3. It's 18 letters. Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Maher Shalal Hashbaz. That's the man's name. I'm not going to tell you what it means. You just go look it up. John Wycliffe. Anybody remember this name when you studied history? 
John Wycliffe produced the first translation of the entire Bible from the Latin Vulgate into the English. I want you to understand when I read this, I want you to understand people gave their lives to the Word of God. After, however, after he died, the Catholic Church exhumed and burned his corpse as punishment for his translation work. Now, that's meanness. They dug up his body because they said he translated from the Latin to the English. You know what happens is you can't control people if you don't let them have the Bible in their own language, and they wanted to control people. It's changed a lot since then. William Tyndale produced the first printed edition of the New Testament in English. He was later burned at the stake for his efforts. So you think this didn't come at a cost? You think, you, oh, I just think I'll go get me a new Bible. I'll just look up. This cost people their lives to bring this to us today. So don't take it for granted, please. How many of you know the, the country that is the largest producer of Bibles? What country do you think that would be? China. Largest producer of Bibles. The most commonly stolen book in the, in the world is the Bible. Ask the Gideons, they'll tell you. Matter of fact, Bob Keller, who passed away yesterday, a member of our church, was a faithful Gideon. He would stand up here, way back in the day when we had 50 or 100 people, he would come. When he was a member of our church, said, Pastor, can I come talk to you about the Gideon Bible? And I knew Bob from 1982 when we used to work together. Well, yesterday he went to be with Jesus. Think about it. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You love my word. You got my word out to the people. What a, what a tribute. Now, I know we're not going to have a service. memorial service. It won't be like until a week from Monday. But listen, this man was faithful to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know how many people. He, he would never know. Maybe God's going to tell him now that he's there. Bob, did you realize that those Bibles, you, this one went to this lady, this one went to this child, this one went to this man, and they got saved because you were faithful to deliver the Word. It's the best-selling book in all of history. They believe that over 5 billion copies have been sold. 5 billion copies. The Gutenberg Bible was the first book to be printed using movable metal type. They thought... If we're going to print a Bible, I mean a book, what should be the most, what's the most important book? And they said the Bible is. The Bible was Isaac Newton's greatest passion, writing more about religion than science and mathematics. It was Mark Twain who said, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bothers me. It's the parts that I do understand. And this book is responsible for millions and millions. Think about this. Millions and millions of people meeting together every day. Not just on Sunday, not just on Saturday. Every day, millions of people around the world meet because of this. Millions. And we think, oh, I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time. I've got all these things. I've got this television series that I'm really interested in. I don't have time to read the Bible. Listen, you've got as much time as everybody else. We've got the same amount of time. So this morning, we're going to dig into this treasure called the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, turn to Psalm 119. If you didn't bring your Bibles and you don't have a Bible out, fake it and hold up your phone. We have Bibles actually under the, under the chairs. I'm going to encourage you to start bringing your Bible to church. 
When you, I know CJ and all the youth workers, they encourage the youth. How many of the youth brought your Bibles to take to camp? Are they all packed? Oh, you got them here? Are they already packed? They're already packed. That's a great excuse, man. That's awesome. Already packed. No, that's great. They really do encourage our, our young people to take notes. I see some of you are taking notes. That's, that's incredible. They're going to camp today. We're going to pray over them before the service is over. So Psalm 119, we're not going to read the whole psalm. Kevin Kirkland, when we were member, when we were serving together at Glen Meadows Baptist Church many, 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 many years ago, he was the, the featured speaker for the week. We had a rotation because we didn't have a, 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 we had not hired a pastor yet. And so we had a rotation. And so Kevin Kirkland felt by the Holy Spirit that he's supposed to get up and read Psalm 119. Y'all remember that? He read the whole thing. Never did. He didn't comment on it. He just read it. Just read it. 176 verses. And I went away from there going, wow, that's powerful. So we think we've got to have a joke. We think we've got to have a cool video. We think we've got to have a song and dance. We think we have to have a lot of things. But God's word is sufficient. That's why you need to read it. We're going to go right into 161. Psalm 119, 161. I'm just going to comment on each verse briefly. This is most likely written by King David, uh, scattered out through his lifetime. They, they, the, the commentator, the theologians think that this was written over many, many years of his life. And they put it together. But the King David, and I'm reading from the Passion Bible. Uh, I think it probably brings the, the, the Psalms alive more than any other translation I've ever read. The powerful elite have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart trembles in awe. Because of your miracle words. Your miracle words. The first thing I want you to understand about the Bible is that it transforms lives. Say transforms. Transforms lives. Second Timothy 3.16 says every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. It will empower you. Say empower you. By its instruction and correction giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Joshua 1.8 says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it in the day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I don't know anybody that doesn't want that. But you've got to get it. This is where it comes from. It comes from God Almighty. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from getting the Word of God in you. The Word of God can literally change the direction that you're going. Amen? The Word of God can change the thoughts that you are thinking. The Word of God can inspire you and empower you to do things that you can't do on your own. It can change your family. It can change your business. It can change your destiny. Now, this is where I want us to do some body ministry this morning. How many of you have a verse that impacted your life, that you know the verse, okay, that impacted your life and brought revelation to your life and transformed your life maybe? If that's you, I want you to stand up. If you have that verse, I want you to stand up all over the room. I want you to tell the people around you that verse and what it did for you. So some of you might have to move. Like Susie, you might have to come down here a little bit. 
Carol, you might have to go over there. Where you don't see anybody standing. See, there's people that are not standing. That's cool. But I want these people to tell you the verse that they have that God gave them that changed their life. So y'all go and do that right now. Go and do it right now. Mario, there you go. It's body ministry. Somebody needs to hear your word this morning. Somebody needs to hear your word this morning. Don't preach them a sermon. Just tell them, tell them what happened. See, that word that they got could be for you. Now, let me ask the people that just shared that. How difficult was that? Was that difficult? Not at all? How many of you received something this morning from somebody else? It's called body ministry. You just receive whatever the word that God gave them, changed their life, transformed their life. That's what the word of God does. How many of you have ever had the light bulb moment with the word of God? The the light bulb moment. We're going to look at that next. It's called Revelation. Psalm 119, 162. Your promises are the source of my bubbling joy. The revelation of your word thrills me like the one who has discovered hidden treasure. Isn't that beautiful? Your promises, say promises, are the source of my bubbling joy. The revelation of your word thrills me like one who has discovered hidden treasure. That's called revelation. Amen? How many of you have had revelation of the word of God in your life? God is always calling us throughout His Word to seek Him, to put Him first, to go after Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Listen, if you're not seeking God, you're not seeking this. If you're not seeking this, you're not seeking God because they go together. People want a word. I want a word. Prophet, give me a word. And God's in the prophet says, read the word. It's all through there. I've got words for you. A lot of them are written in red. He's got words for us this morning. Did you know that some accounts, by some accounts, they're from 3,500 to over 5,000 promises in the Bible. 5,000 promises in the Bible. Romans 4.21, Paul says, And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Has God promised you some things in his word? Is he able to perform those things? I asked my wife to step up. Come on up, hon. Come around. Where'd she go? What? Hallelujah. She just. Okay. Just such timing. Let me read a couple more verses for you. Psalm 119.97. Oh, how I love and treasure the revelation of your word. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. Do you treasure His Word? Do you treasure the revelation of His Word, young people? Because this week, as you go to camp, He's going to give you some revelation by His Word. 
It may not be the preacher. It may not be the youth worker. It may just be you and God alone in your quiet time opening His Word and He speaks to you. And He's going to give you revelation that will change the direction of your life. It may change the college that you, that you plan to go to. It may change the person that you're dating. It may change so many things in your life. It may change the way you treat your family or how your family treats you. If you will allow the God, the God's Word to get in you and bring revelation to you, I promise you will come back different than when you leave. Amen? You know, it's not about just the great camp experience. And that's why we love where you're going. Because these guys are serious. These ladies and gentlemen that are in Oklahoma at this camp, they're serious about your walk with the Lord. They want you to have a little bit of fun, but they want you to have a whole lot of God. Amen? I thank God for all these awesome youth and all these workers. Man, I thank Him. I thank God for y'all that's providing the way for them to go. It's going to be a magnificent time. She's not back yet. Okay. Oh, hi, honey. You want to make your way over here? Wow. Psalm 19.10, as she's coming up on stage, says, The rarest treasures of life... Okay. The rarest treasures of life are found in His truth. That's why I prize God's Word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings a soul such sweetness as seeking His living words. Amen? There's so many. It's like when pastor is preaching on Sunday, and they'll say, okay, what? He'll say, oh, this is my favorite verse. Have y'all ever recognized how many times he said, this is my favorite verse? There's so many. But y'all, when he was talking a while ago about the Psalms 103, uh, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's when the Word, all the Word, came alive to me. A lot of it, before then, I, I read it and I believed it. But when I totally committed myself to the Lord, 100% and said everything I have is yours I'm all in that's when I began to have, really have revelation of the word but I was sitting outside it was kind of hot and I read Psalms 103 and it says bless the Lord all my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord all my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all my transgressions and I knew that I knew Jesus healed me of my sins it says, and he healed my diseases. That was revelation to me. I ran in and I told Harold, this is like an insurance policy. We have benefits of knowing Jesus. It's just not we're going to heaven. There's benefits. And that radically changed my life. Along with a lot of others. Amen. Thank you, hon. I did give her a heads up. So, You know, the thing about the Word of God is you can read it. And read it and read it. And you can memorize it. And you can meditate on it. The other part is you got to do it. You know, it just becomes, again, it becomes words on a page unless you're willing to absorb it, chew on it, and live it. Obey the Word of God. It's, it's right there in James. He, he's pretty, pretty plain spoken in James 1.22. Be, be doers of the Word. But be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Because if you're just hearers only, you're deceiving yourself. We deceive ourselves if we think that this is all we need to do is go home and study the Word. We're deceived if we think that's all, that that's all there is. Because He said, no, you take this Word and you apply this Word. And you know, the applying of the Word is doing the Word. It's living the Word. It's praying the Word. It's, it's praising the Word. It's seeking God first in all that you do. And that's when we start living the abundant life.
when we start treasuring the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to move in us and through us. Verse 163 of Psalm 119. David says this, I despise every lie and hate every falsehood, for I am passionate about keeping your precepts. God wants passionate obedience. Write that down. He wants passionate obedience. Wouldn't it be cool if we were passionate about obeying? You know what we're passionate about? We're passionate about rebellion. How many of you have ever been dared to do something? Come on, raise your hand. You've been dared to do something when you were a kid. Oh, dare you, dub dog, dare you. Go you put some poop in a sack, set it on fire in Miss son, Mr. Jones's house, and ring the doorbell when they, you know, when they come, they start stomping. Oh, that'd be good. Nobody's ever done that before, have you? Maybe you just rang the doorbell and ran. That's annoying, too. <laughs> Nobody ever dares anybody to do something good. I dare you to clean your room without your mother asking you. I dare you to just go straight home from school and do your homework. What? See, everything, when we dare somebody, we're daring them to do something rebellious nine times out of ten. Right? Because inherently, we are rebellious people. We are born in sin, the Bible says. So we, we, we were passionate about rebellion. I mean, especially for teenagers, we sense, you know, we were, or I was, I don't know about y'all, but I was pretty passionate about my rebellion. I was real good at rebellion. I worked at it really hard. I'm sure I'm the only one because y'all are looking at me like, you did? Wow. I didn't do that. King David says, I'm passionate about obedience. Shouldn't we be passionate about obedience? If we're passionate about the Word, because the Word tells us over and over and over again to obey. You know, Saul got kicked out of being king because he was not passionate in his obedience. First Samuel fifteen twenty two, Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Oh, nobody likes to hear that. He also, listen, and stubbornness is, in, is as iniquity and idolatry. So rebellion is not good. Say rebellion is not good. Stubbornness is not good. Idolatry is not good. See, those are all born out of rebellion. They're all born out of rebellion. People say, well, witchcraft and rebellion. Yeah, let me ask you, if you've, been, if you've taken drugs before, did you do that in obedience to the Word of God or did you do that in disobedience to the Word of God? Did you do that in obedience to the laws of the land or disobedience to the laws of the land? Well, you know the answer. Rebellion is as witchcraft. I mean, that's a whole sermon in itself. Because you have rejected, listen, listen to what Samuel says, because you have rejected what? The word of the Lord. You've rejected the word of the Lord. It's not coming up. I'm sorry. He also has rejected you because you've rejected the word of the Lord. Samuel says to, to Saul, he has also rejected you from being king. 
Romans 12, 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. In other words, we should be passionate about doing the good things. We should be passionate about our obedience. But we should hate evil. We should hate sin. We should abhor it. You know what that word abhor means in the Greek? It means to be horrified at sin. You know what we do with sin? We sweep it under. We pet it. We keep it in the background. We hang on to it. And God says, no, you need to abhor it. It ought to be a horrible thing that you sin. You ought to have your mindset that I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that because I walk in obedience to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Not getting many amens on those. Y'all are just rebellious. <laughs> People, listen, they're sitting in churches all over America today and they're rebelling against God. Because when a preacher says something they don't want to hear, the Word of God says something they don't want to receive, they rebel against it. They say, well, I, he don't know what he's talking about. Well, I may not know what I'm talking about, but the Word of God does. If you don't hear me, hear the Word this morning. Passionate obedience. Verse 164. David says, I stop to praise you seven times a day, all because your ways are perfect. Listen, if his ways are perfect, shouldn't we be going after his ways? Why do we then go after our ways? Why do we want our way? Because selfishness seems like it's got a really predominant place in many people's lives, even Christians' lives. We don't want to do, we don't want to do the deal. We don't want to, we don't want to, uh, uh, live the word out. We just want to read the word. We want to show up for church. We want to do our, our religious thing. Let's not hate that word religion, don't y'all? Except in the term in James where it says true religion is taking care of widows and orphans. Man, I believe in it in that way. But this idea that we're religious and you're going through a ritual today to be here today, that just disgusts God. They will come back, honey. They will come back. That's one of the joke we have after I preach. She'll say, well, you think anybody will come back next week? You know, I, I will just tell you this. I can't apologize for the Word of God. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I preach to myself just like I preach to you. But if I say anything less than the Word of God and, and try to sugarcoat something and give you the easy way out, then I'm not teaching you the Word of God. Now, you can go places and find that, but you're not going to find it here. By the blood of Jesus, I just... Amen. Psalm 138.3 says, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Great is the glory of the Lord, and it comes from His Word, He says. Did you know there are over 185 songs in the Bible? God was said, he, God created music. He created it, this beautiful thing of a, a way for us to express ourselves. And I know some of you think, well, I can't sing. He doesn't care about how good your tone is. He just cares about how good your heart is. Worship Him from your heart. When we praise God, we're praising His Word because this is who He is. This is who God is right here. Mercy Mead wrote a song many years ago. We used to sing, and I did a sermon, a sermon series on, on the Bible. I know this is back in the maybe early 2000s. And we would open the, the service with this song, and it goes like this. 
Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. Word of God speak. Word of God speak. Let him speak to you through the word today. Let him speak to you. But if you don't, if you don't have time for him, if you don't give him the time so he can speak to you, and I'm talking about time in his word, we're not just reading it, but you're stopping. There's a, there's a phrase in the Bible called Selah. Just rest. Listen. You don't have to see how fast you can read through the Bible. You don't have to see how many verses you can get in a day. It may be one verse that he's going to get you to stay in and look at it. And he's got a, he said, I've got revelation for you here, Harold. I've got revelation for you here. I've got power for you here. You know, when I, when I, I used to, bring, I re, used to read that, that verse, John 14, 12, it says that we should do the greater works. And I would, I would look at that word, and, and I, I remember how I was taught that it meant more people would get saved because there were more people that lived, and there were more people telling people about Jesus. And I understand that, and that's a good way to interpret that verse. But he said the greater works that we would do, the same things he did, we would do greater at. And so I had to understand that he said we are going to do everything he commanded the disciples to do. It wasn't just for them, it was for us. That we can lay the hands, our hands on the sick. They will recover. We can cast out demons. We can, we can raise the dead. But if we don't believe that and we don't believe his, that his word is true, we won't try any of those things. We haven't seen a hundred percent of healings, but we pray and we believe and we teach it and we believe it and we pray it. We're even crazy enough to anoint some blankets with oil and send them all over the world. And people come back going, man, I just felt the presence of God when I covered up in that blanket. And people go, well, y'all are idiots. That's just, how, how can you think that anything would happen that? By faith we do it. It's by faith everything that we do, we do. It's by faith. And we leave the results to God. Verse 165 says, There is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word, and they will never be offended. I thought I looked at that verse and thought, man, that is so self-explanatory. If we just love his word, we're not going to be offended. If we, if we know his word, we're going to have peace. In my favorite passage, one of my favorite passages, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You know, I learned it in the King James, then I learned it in the NIV, and then the New King James came out. So I had a conglomeration of all these translations. But here it is in the New King James. Be anxious for nothing. One of the, one translation says, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Supplication means when you pray, you pray it through and you've given it to God. You're not going to hang on to it. And with thanksgiving, listen, you can't pray. Listen, if you're not praying in thanksgiving, you're not praying a complete prayer. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, say peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Man, peace comes when you know the word of God because the word of God is peace. Verse 166. Lord, I'm longing for more of your salvation. I want to do what pleases you. My love for your ways is indescribable. In my innermost being, I want to follow them perfectly. I call this part the submission part. God wants us to fall so deeply in love with him that we're willing to do whatever he says. 
See, that's really what's born out of. When people are gone, they, 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 they say the grace card, you're playing the grace card. Man, we don't play the grace card. We, pray the, we play the love card. We don't, we don't quit sinning because, I mean, we don't keep sinning because of grace. We quit sinning because of grace. And we quit sinning because of our love for him that we don't want to, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, we want to, we want to please him in everything that we do. And that's, that's not legalism. That's just, that's loving Jesus. That's what it is. That word salvation, it's an interesting word there. It's in also in the King James, in the New King James, of your salvation. That word salvation is a Hebrew word, Yeshua. And that's where we get the name in the Greek for Jesus. Yeshua not only means salvation, you know what else it means? Deliverance. God knows the only way that we're going to follow him completely is when we yield to him completely. That's the only way you're going to follow him is if you yield to him, submit to him. 168, we're almost done. I will keep your instructions and follow your counsel. All my ways are an open book before you. The last thing I want you to see this morning is that we need to be transparent. For God to really work in our lives, we've got to be honest with him. We've got to be transparent. He says, I'm an open book. All my ways are an open book before you. You know what? It's kind of funny that we think we have a closed book before God. We think we can hide things from God. Isn't that the craziest thing? It's like when I was a kid, you know, it's like a kid when you're a kid. And, and I grew up in the days of the belt. I know people don't use belts anymore. And, and we needed the belt, you know, and I'm not mad at my daddy because he whipped me with a belt. Okay, I didn't, I have, didn't have to go through counseling because my daddy whipped me with a belt. Brother Ed, I got a witness back there. I didn't like the buckle part of it so much, but that was always a mistake when the buckle got messed up because we were kicking, you know. But it's like when you're a kid and, and you know you just did something wrong, but you know if you just hide under the covers, Daddy can't find you. You're hidden. And we think that with God. If I just hide under the covers a little bit, God won't see what I'm doing. He knows us. We are an open book, but he wants us to be an open book to him. Not because we know that he's watching, but, we, but because we love him. And we know that he has good plans for our lives, that he has concerns for our lives. He wants the best for our lives. By the way, my dad could pull the covers off pretty good and spank at the same time. Or whip. We kick. We were like really good kickers, but finally that belt would find a way to get in there. Man, wow, you know. Transparency. Psalm 139, 23 says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. This is King David again. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. Sorry, we're not going to spank you. <laughs> I'm serious. We're not. King David said this in 139.23. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on. And lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. Man, you need to... You need to Get that in your heart this morning. I want to read it again. God, 
I invite, if you want to pray this to yourself right now, you just, I'm going to, I will read it. If you want to pray it out loud, I'll pause. But I want you to, this is what God wants from us, transparency. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Come on. God, I invite your searching gaze. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain that I'm walking on. And lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. That's a loving father. It says, listen, just be transparent. I already know how you messed up. I know your sins. I know your secrets. And I love you anyway. I kicked you to the curb. I'm never going to kick you to the curb. I love you. I don't want you to stay where you're at. I want you to come close to me. So submit to God. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. We want to keep him at arm's length so much of our lives. But listen, he doesn't want to be out there. He wants to be right here. He walks with us. He goes with us through the fire. He goes with us through the water. He goes with us through the trials. Transparency. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's Hebrews 4.12. When we submit ourselves to God's word, that's when the Holy Spirit can work powerfully in our lives. J. Edwin Orr defined revival as this. And I don't know who he is, but I thought what he said was good. The Spirit of God working through the Word of God in the lives of the people of God. That's revival. The Spirit of God working through the Word of God in the lives of the people of God. That's when revival will come. Amen? As we close this morning, please, if you can't possibly abstain from leaving, because we, we have something really important to do with our youth pray over them and I want our mystery team to be ready can I challenge you to do something today and if you're not going to do it don't don't tell you don't tell me you're going to do it don't tell God you're going to do it don't do it but I want to challenge you this is don't raise your hands I want to challenge you to read Nehemiah chapter 8 today Nehemiah chapter 8 Nehemiah is the one that was commissioned to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and he did it supernaturally in 52 days. Something we couldn't do today in 52 weeks. Even with the machinery and things we have. He rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. And then all the exiles were called back. And it gets emotion when you think about it. All these people that had been scattered all over the earth. They were called back to their home. They were called back to Jerusalem. And they built a platform. I'm on a platform. I don't know if you notice this, but I'm higher up than y'all are. They built a platform. Listen, there's things that we do today, even in the church. They're all, they're all because of the examples set in the Word of God. Even the way we do praise and worship. It's all examples that are set in the Word of God. But they built a platform so that the Word could be read and the thousands upon thousands, over 40,000 people could hear the Word that they hadn't heard in their lifetime. You think about this. 
Just think about this. If you went home today and there were none of these in your, in your home, there were none of them in your, in your phones, that you left, you did, you, there's no Bibles anywhere. You couldn't find a Bible to save your life. Let's just think, if you could erase your memory and not have any of the Word of God in you, and these people are going, they're going to they're gonna do what today? They're going to read the Word. They're going to read the Word. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, they're going to read the Word. And the priest got up, and for six straight hours, he did nothing but read the Word. Nothing but read the word. Six hours. We can't stay one hour. It's like, oh, one hour, two hour. Oh, my goodness. Six hours. They listened as somebody opened up the scrolls and read the word. It says in Nehemiah, verse 9 of chapter 8, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Do not mourn or weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. They wept. Can you just imagine 40,000 people going, what is this we're hearing? This is God speaking to us. And they wept and wept and wept. They said, quit weeping. Stop weeping. See, that's what the Word will do. Anybody ever read the Word and just start weeping? Just hear the Word and start weeping? Hear a song that's based upon the Word and start weeping? And they were weeping. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly. Listen to why. Because they understood the words that were declared to them. If that doesn't move you, I don't know if you can be moved. They understood the words. It's like that day when you were there and the preacher was preaching or somebody was preaching and, and you heard the word of God and, and all of a sudden the light came on. You mean I'm a sinner? Yes. You mean I need a Savior? Yes. You mean Jesus made the way for me to get to heaven? He paid the way by His dying on the cross? Yes. You mean all I've got to do is confess, believe in my heart, confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I will be saved? Yes. And the light came on and you said, I can't wait to get saved. I can't wait to get to that altar, to that preacher, or to make that phone call. Whatever I need to do to come to know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And you were weeping because of your sin. You're weeping because you understood the word for the first time. And the word of God, after that weeping and after that, after that repentance, then joy comes into your soul. Because you know now that nothing can stop you from being, you're a child of the king forever and ever. And one day you will spend eternity with Bob Keller in heaven. Because he's faithful to get the word out. I'm getting the word out this morning. You understand the word. Because if the word has gone forth and you've understood it, what are you going to do with it? Would you stand? Can I have our ministry team come to the front? Read Nehemiah 8, please. Just meditate on it today or this week. Just get the word out and go, man. They were that hungry. Yeah, they were, they were hungry. 
See, I think maybe we've been overfed some, somehow. We've got, we got too many Bibles and too many translations, and we just take it for granted, and we just leave it there. And God says, no, I want you to be hungry for me, hungry for my word. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Whoo, Lord, get us to the place of hunger again. Father, for those that this morning they came in, and they had never understood your word, but today they understand your word, and they understand that they need Jesus. May this be the day that they give their life to Jesus. Just like Sierra did this week, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And she went in the water this morning, was baptized. She's got a new life in Christ, and her, her destiny has changed from, from this week. It's changed drastically. I ask you to move in this place. Move upon the hearts of your people. Maybe there's some people in here that they've just been hiding their sin. And today you would say, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of transparency. You know, you may be just want to come and kneel at the altar and pray and repent and do whatever you need to do. But maybe you need to come and let somebody pray with you. Do as the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Don't leave her today just going, man, I don't want that. Come and drink at the fountain this, this morning. Drink from the water of life today through Jesus Christ. I just ask that you just submit to him and obey his voice. You come as we, as we just wait on you. Just step out and come. Just step out and come. Thank you, Lord. Step out and come. If you have a need this morning, God wants to bless you. He wants to, he wants to bring healing to you today. Maybe you have a need for just physical healing. God wants to bring healing to you today. Step out and come. Just step out and come. Maybe you just need counsel this morning. Going through something really difficult in your life. You just need somebody that can pour life into you. Speak words of encouragement. They may have a word of knowledge for you this morning. Maybe God's saying, I want you to plug in at Freedom Fellowship. You've been wandering. You've been going this church and that church. And God says today, this is the place I want you to plug into. Just obey Him. We're not trying to get big numbers here. We're just trying to bring people to the place that they're supposed to be. I bless you to be where God wants you to be this morning. If it's not here somewhere, step out and come. Come on. We've got plenty of counselors still at the front that can pray with you. We take you to a prayer room. We don't pray. We don't do anything out here in the front. We just take you to a prayer room so we can take some time to counsel with you. Just step out and come. We want to pray with you this morning. It's just how we do it. I know other people do it different ways. I think some churches, they've quit doing invitations at all because it's not convenient. I'm telling you, on the day of Pentecost, they came forward. Not only were they saved, they were baptized the same day. We can baptize you today, too, if you want to get baptized. We can do that water still warm. Last week, we had a lady who stepped up and said, I want to get baptized today. She didn't bring a change of clothes. But we had some costumes. <laughs> John the Baptist went into the water. <laughs> it's okay, right? We're, we're flexible. Anybody else? We've got some. How many people? Yelp, Mark's in the back. Who else is around here? We've got three people up here that can pray with you. Anybody else need prayer this morning? Anybody else need prayer this morning? Mike, I think I see somebody. Why don't you go to him, Mike? A little bit quicker. Thank you. Amen. Here we go. These people love to pray for people. That's just their heart. 
changes their heart. What, what you share with them, unless it's something that about membership or wanting to be baptized or whatever, it's all confidential. 